Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just like that. The second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Subscribe on uh, YouTube. Search out Outkick. You can catch all the shows live and on demand daily. We start at 3 o'clock Eastern, taking you up till 6 o'clock. We've had two hours to go, flying by. We've got the gun show. Mike Gunzelman in studio with us coming up in 20 minutes. Plus, uh, a bit later, Chris Marlowe, and about an hour and 20 minutes from now, uh, play-by-play voice of the Denver Nuggets. We get to discuss how quickly... Uh, Jokic got out of town, uh, out of Denver after uh, winning the title. Can't what wait a to run! Talk about his disdain for finding out there was going to be a parade at yeah. the press conference after the game. Guns, by the way, gets ready for his appearances, much like uh, Matt Foley, motivational speaker, did uh, by chugging eight cups of coffee before coming in and bringing the energy. Yes, uh, if you well, remember, as Phil Hartman said he, in the sketch with Chris Farley, he's been downstairs in the basement drinking coffee for the last four hours, and now he's ready to come up and give you guys a talk. That's what Guns is doing right now to get ready. I don't think... Uh, we keep him out of the studio as not to disturb anything, but the beast just gets ready in the back room, and then he comes sprinting in here, and he's ready to go. I've never seen him low, in, low energy whatsoever. No. I think he just bounces out of bed ready to go. Guns seems like the type of guy who just completely shuts down when he gets away from people. The sugar crash or whatever? No, I just see him like he's almost like melting into his apartment or wherever he lives. Like he walks in the door, and he's just slowly dying. Clothes are falling off of him, yeah. and he just collapses on the couch because he puts forth so much energy being around people all day that by the time he's by himself, he just melts into a couch. His version of Netflix and chill is to Netflix and go into a coma. That's how he ends every day because he puts forth so much energy during the day. Davey Hudson's like, yeah, I agree. I, I do that too. Netflix and no one talked to me. Davey's on the opposite end of the energy spectrum, though, from <laughs> guns. And I don't say that uh, to bash him. They're just very different in how they speak. The speech patterns are very different. Um, Chad, I, I don't know how... By the way, Davey's Netflix and chilling is about to start. We're going to have a oh, yeah. very special new segment of the show coming once we get some intel on Davey's love life. That, that'll be coming up in the next... Yeah, Davey, who told us last week... In he, the following weeks. If he's watching uh, Netflix with, with a woman... He doesn't appreciate it. Number one, speaking. Number two, trying to make out. Uh, the movie's on. Davey needs to the pick something on, he's not into. Just put yeah. something on that you can just be background noise just in case that opportunity arises. I, Chad, I don't know how Austin Simmons, who's the four-star quarterback, who was committed to Florida for the class of 2025, he has now <laughs> reclassified. So he is going to be a freshman at Ole Miss this year he's moved up things by two years he's graduated early I was I don't know how he finds time to play football he has a 5.35 GPA which I didn't know was possible in high school he's homeschooled homeschooled that's how he already has 12 hours of college credit before reclassifying at 17 years old he's slated to be a junior this fall instead he will be a freshman 
on campus in Oxford, Mississippi, and he uh, he's going to be redshirted uh, by Lane Kiffin, but the four-star quarterback decides to jump ahead early. Instead of Gainesville, he's going to Oxford, and I mean, I'm all for it, but I also feel like, man, he's missing out on a few years here where I feel like it's a lot of, uh, a lot of rushing to hurry up and get it over with. I mean, the guy's going to be graduated from college within a year and a half. I mean, being in this big of a hurry is not always the right thing to do. Imagine being a Florida fan and seeing that you've got your quarterback in the class of 2025 committed, ready to go, and then finding out all in the same moment that, oh, he's not committed to us anymore. He's committed to Ole Miss. And, oh, by the way, he's going to be eligible to play in a few months because he's not coming in two, two years. He's going to Oxford right now. This is a crazy story. I feel like your class should matter more than this. When I first read this, the first thing I saw was, oh, homeschooled. That makes a lot of sense. That, that's the difference between this being possible and not. Yeah. If he was in an actual you know, high school. Not to say there aren't good homeschool programs out there, but you know what I'm saying. You can manipulate things a lot more when you're homeschooled. Look, he sounds like a great student, seems like a good kid, clearly a great athlete. I would just beg to ask the question, is speeding up your life by two years always the right decision to make? I understand you're trying to maximize the time in which you can make money as a professional athlete, and you want to get to the NFL as fast as possible, or Major League Baseball, or whatever your next step is, since he's a multi-sport athlete, but... Be a high school kid. I don't know what being a high school kid means when you're homeschooled. I'd have to ask Tim Tebow about that, who was also homeschooled. But be a kid at some point. There's no need to speed things up to that level. Two years? I get graduating early and going a year early sometimes or reclassifying, but by two whole years seems like a big stretch. Yeah, but I mean, based on what he's doing, I mean, it's not like you can get a graduate degree uh, for high school, you know? Um, he's already... He's already accomplished all the curriculum. So with, he's got two years left, technically, of high school. He's already ha he already has 12 hours of college credit. So I think they're accelerating it because, I mean, he would technically be graduating college before he even steps foot on a campus at this rate. And, I mean, he, he's getting everything else in. He's, he was playing at Pahokee High School. His sophomore year, he broke Anquan Bolden's school record for passing yards and touchdowns as a sophomore. So I, I don't know... I'm, I would go back to the high school and college years and live it up again. I mean, but I was, you know, get C's, get a degree, and GTFO. But what, when is um, enough enough, though, on that? And, and here's what I mean by it. It's not just about completing the curriculum. Part of your development as a young person is being of a certain age when you do things, hit milestones, like graduating high school, yeah. graduating college. Like just, just because you can do it, because you can go as fast as you want and never take summers off and do different programs through homeschool, I don't know that you should do it. But who knows? I Did mean, Doogie I, Hauser not teach us anything? I don't know how uh, social this kid is as a homeschooled kid. I hope it's better than what my assumption but would it be. It may turn out to be a great success story of this guy's got an old soul and he thinks and lives like a 55-year-old father of four right now as a 16-, 17-year-old kid. Well, he thinks that now. He's going to step foot in the grove and think different. I think speeding up the process most of the time leads to negative results. I see well, this all the time with parents and their kids in youth sports. They're always wanting to move their kid up early. My kid's pretty good. Let's move him up. Let's move him up. Let's move him up. 
And I think there are times where you should just let kids be kids. And what's waiting one more year or half a year, even a semester before doing this? I just may work out great. Again, don't know this guy personally. But I think when we try to speed up the growing process, oftentimes it leads more to Todd Marinovich than true success stories. Well, you're saying, uh, you're saying slow it down. Stetson Bennett says, hold my beer. Yeah. He can show this kid how Stetson to, Bennett's on the Stetson opposite Bennett can of show, Stetson Bennett um, can show him how to stay six, maybe seven years. Uh, and by the time that time frame is exhausted, he'll be graduating age. Uh, it, it, you want, it'll appear that he's still graduating in three and a half years. Stetson Bennett could go to these homeschool programs and these kids that want to go to college quicker and want to get a graduate degree and want to do all this stuff quick, and he could do his own scared straight program about why you want to stay in college forever. He would give them the lessons about what he learned in being 25 years old and not getting one degree at Georgia. Can you imagine being on the, in Oxford at 17? I... <laughs> After being homeschooled? I know. After being homeschooled? I, no, I, I can't. I can't, and I, I can't imagine being 17 athlete, and, and actually knowing what Oxford is like in SEC country. And then, I mean, he's from Pahokee, but knowing that you're 17, you've been homeschooled, you're going to be dropped off in Oxford, Mississippi with Lane Kiffin as your coach. Look, this guy may end up being a Major League Baseball player in two years, for all we know, right? Like, he could be he'd go get drafted high and then go play baseball and not even be a football star ever. But I'm very curious about the rest of his career now because there's something, there's an odd dichotomy of, what is it, 5.45 or whatever the GPA five, is? 5.35, yeah. 5.35 GPA, homeschooled kid, goes to college two years early and elects to play for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Like, that either screams oh, like I've way. been bottled up and I am ready to Best. go nuts or I don't know what that decision really says about either side, but we're going to find out. We're you know, going to find out altogether. You know I'm on the lane train, right? Kiffin does no wrong, and he's the best troller out there. Uh, tweets out uh, over the, this past weekend, sending out these vibes, feeling these vibes this weekend, and it's a screenshot of what he's listened to, which is Tom Petty's Greatest Hits, which is in Gainesville. Uh, were they played in the third quarter, fourth quarter? Yeah, start of the end of the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, so throws out Tom Won't back down. And, and, yes, and then and then he's posing with the Ole Miss helmet and holding a gator, like a toy or something, in his hand on another post, and said, "Man, this this feels about right. This it, this describes everything perfectly." He, he's always looking for an opportunity to jab at someone. I love, including it. himself recently. Oregon State. Uh, they're putting up a fight over Tim Shelton. Tim Shelton's an assistant basketball coach who is paying $50,000 to leave the program. And leave for where, Hutton? Colorado State. That is what tentatively, got me. Tentatively, Colorado State. Uh, who knew that the Fort Collins Collective was so it's, powerful? It's because, it, uh, according to reports, it's because the program at Oregon State lacks a significant name image likeness fund. And I've, I'm sitting here going, in Colorado State? In that's what blew me away. You're yeah. going to pay 50K. And that's not, you know, he's making really good money, but that's not insignificant for his salary. That's a fourth of his salary he was making at Oregon State, a quarter of it, to go to Colorado State because there's insufficient NIL funds at Oregon State, a Pac-12 program, but apparently 
the Rams have it figured out when it comes to NIL. And now the school is coming back and saying it's just false because his claim was it's not about recruiting because we don't promise uh, kids money to come here. It's about retention. And we can't stop people from transferring because we don't have NIL once they get on campus. And the university's pointed to the fact that we didn't lose anyone. We're not losing a, a high number of, of athletes like other schools are. So it hasn't been an issue here. Pretty strange story for a guy whose dad was a legend at the school. Yeah, and he's he's saying, like, I'm not expecting Oregon State to compete with the, the top programs in hoops in our conference, like Arizona and, and other Oregon. I think he said others. Arizona, Oregon, Washington, I want to say were the schools he mentioned. Yeah, but he goes, we can't be last in this category. And they're last, according to him. So he's... You know, going to Colorado State, I have no idea where Colorado State is ranked in NIL programs, but we're mentioning them for the first time on the show uh, in regards to name, image, likeness. It's strange. Well, it's, it's also strange because he's paying the buyout to leave. Like, there have to be more motives than that. There have to be. Because it's not, to me, it's not like you're getting the top basketball players in America to even take a visit to, to Colorado or, State to Corvallis. State. Yeah, you know, he's saying they're lo they're losing out on that. They're not even being thought of if you're recruiting at that level. If we're talking NIL, I think he's angry about something else. If we're talking about NIL for for Oregon State, I mean, I'm thinking of like the local barbecue joint down the street that's paying fifty dollars for an autograph appearance. Does Corvallis have good barbecue? I don't know. Well, I don't know what the barbecue scene's like in Oregon. I don't. No, it's not, know, it's not one the of the places we need. I know the scene is beautiful. When you think uh, barbecue, you know, Oregon barbecue is yeah. not one of the top well, ones. That's fair. What Memphis, are, Texas, Carolina. Yeah. Do you think they made up something like hot chicken here in Nashville? They just made could something be. up? Could be. What do you to think it would tofu? be? Sub sandwiches Hot tofu? Yeah. They do something healthy uh, you think in so? Portland. Yeah. In some, Corvallis? Some vegan BS. Corvallis in, feels fried to me. Oh, no. The state of Oregon is very Not much vegan to me. Not the state. Just, the, you know, I hear Corvallis and I think fried something. I don't know um, how many, like, red meat eaters come from the state of Oregon. <laughs> it's a good question. I'm sure there's parts that are filled with steak eaters. But I don't think Corvallis is one of those parts. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone from Oregon State hit us up in the YouTube chat. Let me know where I'm wrong. What is the key food in the state of Oregon or at Oregon State? If I go to a Beavers game... What must I consume when I go to Corvallis? That's, that's yeah. the question on everyone's mind. There's some porn bots in your chat that'll tell you. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Chad, so the NFL. Or someone asking, why am I in here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the question I get every day from India. Yeah. Wave the flag while you're in there. Um, Chad, the NFL sent Allie out like my hot tofu rule. joke, by oh, the good. way. She said hot tofu, L-M-A-O. I do know what that one stands for. I didn't know what the one yesterday meant, but I do know that one. This is uh, ridiculous from the league. It makes things, they're trying to simplify things in their gambling policy. Uh, we've tried to help them by simply saying, don't bet on the NFL, bet on anything else you want, where it's legal in 21 states, 22 states now. Uh, but they have sent this out, and here's, here's how it reads. There's three parts to this. Uh, don't bet on the NFL is rule number one. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team inside information. Don't enter a sports book during uh, NFL playing season. And don't play daily fantasy football. Daily fantasy football is, has already had to be clarified. All right? They also can't, they can't play in a fantasy football league 
where the prize exceeds $250. Think about that. They could not play in our fantasy football league. It, it's uh, an NFL player. I, I like that they're making it simple. This is players only, by the way. This is the type of bullet point you need, but I just go back to if I'm an agent, I'm telling my clients, let's just not have an app on our phone. Let's just not do that while we're playing in the NFL. And then we'll save any possible confusion or any financial, financially risky suspensions. We're not going to risk that because you're not going to have an app on your phone to bet on. They, didn't, they then had to go back in and like dig into the rule of don't bet on the NFL. They did that by clarifying, which means your team's games, other team's games, outcomes, points scored, parlays, etc. And then they had to say this also includes the combine and NFL draft. And then they had to clarify what team work trips mean. No plane, bus, car, team hotel at your team facility at the stadium, including the parking lot. Make it really simple. Gamble on anything except for the NFL. Yep. It could be that easy, and they have to make it that difficult. Gun show next. Hot Mike with Hunting Winthrow rolls on. Flying through today's show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hunting with her with you. Hot mic across the Outkick Network. Chad, gun show is here. Full of energy. Ready to go. <laughs> like normal. The gun show is ready. Mike Gunzelman, uh, Outkick.com is where you can read his great work. You can catch him on social at The Guns Show. Guns with a Z. Good to see you. Hey, what's up, fellas? How are uh, we? Uh, great. Uh, are, are you training for the showdown with Kyrie on NBA 2K? <laughs> Let me tell you this. Uh Oh, it is. Uh, it is evolved. Oh, we, well, since I led 2K. the show with it last week. I, I don't pre- know if you saw now, this. I appreciate that, but I don't know if I'm you saw this, this though. No, this is great though. But we aren't playing. Myself and Kyrie Irving aren't playing NBA 2K anymore. It is real life. It oh, is real life. Sweet. He has come back to an in-person uh, game uh, that's supposed to take place sometime in early August in uh, South Orange, New Jersey. Because Mr. Mr. Kyrie, Mr. Irving is not too happy with uh, with myself. Uh, you know, wrote an article just calling him out for some stuff uh, on Outkick that you can go and check out. Turned into a little bit of a, a Twitter beef back and forth, and um, he's not too happy with us. So he wants to play this. One on one. <laughs> Let's go. Show. Let's go. The gun show. Well, yeah. How would you rate your game? Because Kyrie is on even with Portnoy. Yeah, do we have any comps we can throw out he's, to he's, your game? He's throwing out highlights. Do you have highlights you could throw out? Oh, so I urge everybody to definitely follow along because I'm definitely going to make you know be showing my training regimen. So unfortunately, this past weekend I had a wedding into my birthday, so that kind of cut back the uh, the training schedule just a bit. Are but, you still uh, recovering? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got to get the cardio back up, guys. <laughs> got to get the cardio this past yeah. weekend. I think that's I think that's uh. uh 
honestly, what I'm more worried about is the uh, the cardio factor is much more, uh, you know, going to be a little bit harder than the the basketball. Now, I've shot some hoops. Uh, this is half court. It's got to be half court, right? Uh, do, 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 Make uh, it, take uh, it. According it's to still con- out of breath playing half court. Uh, I, I can I can vouch. According <laughs> depends to depends what you're playing. Play, I, are you playing to ten? What are you playing to win by two? I am. I would be praying if it was half court, my friends. Uh, he wants full court. <laughs> he wants full court, and he wants the first to a hundred. Oh my goodness! He is going to dunk on me a hundred times. It's one of those amazing <laughs> things, though, that like a hundred to not like. There's nothing like it's going to look ridiculous either way, right? right. Like if you score. That's but, ridiculous on him. Right. But if he beats you 100 to nothing and it's bragging about it. You should make it past half court dribbling up. It's also ridiculous on him. It right? is. But, like, everything yeah. just looks ridiculous. Like, yeah, of course, you're Kyrie Irving. You're no going to beat me. guns. Yeah. But you're playing guns. You yeah. know, he's an emo DJ. <laughs> he's not a professional basketball <laughs> yeah. player. So, yeah, that's what's that's the comedy of it is regardless, the joke's on him. Yeah, and, and, and that that kind of came across from the original article because here was Kyrie going against, uh, as you mentioned, with, with Portner and stuff, and I, I wrote about that. You know, I was just covering media news. That's what we do in OutKick. You know, we have some fun with it, et cetera. But Kyrie got so, like, you know, he's so in his head like he normally is, he started tweeting out his highlight videos to, like, as if we don't know that you're good, Kyrie. So I ripped him on that. I was like, oh, like, here's Kyrie Irving. You're, <laughs> you're f- I, I did kind of laugh at that, though. <laughs> was, I, I respect him for doing that. It's like, hey, in case you don't know who I am. Yeah, it's like, Here's what real. I can do. To like you, you didn't. Yeah. You thought it was a different Kyrie Irving that you were tweeting, right? Yeah. Like just I'm, so you know, I actually play basketball. I don't know if you're aware of this. <laughs> it's like, but yeah. here are some highlights of me playing. There's the game. a crossover step back three. In case you didn't know, this is this is me playing. So what's at stake here? Because if 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 you beat him, we don't really know how this goes down. But if right. You have to you have to like agree on on flat earth. Yeah, so so here's it. So it, probability. It, it escalated kind of very quickly because on a Saturday morning, Kyrie Irving decided to Google my whole entire name and then find old photos of me from 2016. Uh-huh. I've done that and too. Tweeted those out. Was of this me. the Avril Lavigne photo? <laughs> Avril, Good Morning America and the Warped Tour video. He's tweeting oh, out that's of so me, good. and I'm like, what is Kyrie Irving doing? But uh, you know, then it went into like the, his whole he's a flat earther, as, as we know. And you know, I was just like, yeah, I'll play you in Foursquare on the four corners of the globe. I used, I was like, oh, I used to think the world, the world revolved around you, which clearly it doesn't. I was like, I'll beat you with an Xbox controller, and the other hand spinning a globe, and that's the one that really set him off. And now he wants to face me in person. Now, um, if 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 Kyrie beats me one on one, one on one, I just want to, you know. <laughs> With that, yeah, full court. One on one. I'm gonna work on my cardio. Uh, I cannot make fun of uh, flat Earth theory again, uh, but we have to come up with something great when I beat him. Now, here's the thing, uh, Chad. You alluded to this. You're like, you know, if I score one basket against Kyrie Irving, it is going to the front of my reel. It will be on I Sports Center top ten. It'd be number one. Absolutely. I will never. I will. You want to talk about pickup lines? My pickup line at the bar is: I scored on Kyrie. How you doing? Let me make this very clear to you, though. (laughs) If he does not want you to score a single bucket, you will not. If he lets up or decides to let you get a couple of shots up, maybe one drops. But yeah. if Kyrie Irving decides you're not going to score. In yeah. fact, if he decides I'm not going to let you get it across half court, I'm just going to steal the ball over right. and over and score, he's probably going to do that. Now, is he still a flat earther or is he kind of like Tom oh. Cruise with Scientology where he just doesn't talk about it anymore? I feel like he got bit back on it, kind of apologized, and then just doesn't say it anymore. I sort think, of like Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch. I think he definitely still holds those beliefs just on the escalation that this took. Because okay. every time I brought that up, he took it 
for, like he got much more serious about it. But I've got but, some yeah. books I want you to read. So <laughs> he came back with some really interesting theories out there. You need to study. He's a he's a member of a uh, an Indian tribe now, Kyrie Irving. That's how he signs all of his Twitter uh, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like Hilo, uh, or, Hilo or something is is the the name of the. It's the name that this tribe gave him, this Indian yeah. uh, Native American they don't tribe. Really, they don't really like me either. Too oh, much. really? Yeah. Oh. They get after yeah. you too? They're not too pleased. They well, follow their family. Kyrie, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing, you know. The, like, so, but uh, you know, I, think what I, I think my game plan is, one, is focus on cardio. Uh, yeah. I have to be able to physically run up and down the court at least five times. Uh, without you know getting winded, and then in addition to that, I'm gonna come out this like for, like the mighty ducks. Like if we're if we're talking sk- uh, skill factor, I can't be Kyrie on skill, but I can come out with like the flying V or the knuckle puck. You know what I mean? Like I gotta I gotta I gotta th- show him things that he's never seen before, and uh, that's oh, what we're do doing. That. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like you'll you know what I mean? Like that's my only chance. It's just, he's used to playing like really good players. Instead, I'm gonna show him things he's never even thought of. Show him a glove. I, I would tell lie. him the earth looks like the basketball <laughs> you're using. Uh, that's that something real. he's never seen before. You know what? I'm really <laughs> throw him off his game. Uh, I I, I want to help train you for this, guns. Okay. If, if, if yes. I can, please. Uh, yes. I will offer myself as tribute. Okay. Uh, and train you. Yeah. Uh, what coach. we're gonna work on is like uh, volleyball line level threes. Like I want you four or five feet behind the three point line gotcha. because there is a chance that he will kind of let you get it across half court to mess with you a little bit, and right. you could pull up from that distance and hit one or two of them. You could have the first possession. and get on the board yeah. for that reason because he'll first lay off a point. bit there. Yeah, you could have the ball first. And I got to do that. Almost like a Steph Curry from taking, downtown. Taking yeah. the ball to the basket against him is not going to work out well for Probably you. But not pulling too well. up from deep when he's three or four feet off of you. Yeah. Could work in your favor to score that one basket. Yeah. Now, do you think I? Uh, so I'm wearing Vans right now. Do I need better shoes than these when I train? Do we think? Like, no, I think you got to go with what's comfortable. Okay, yeah. Be you. How about Nike? Because I know he doesn't have a contract with Nike right now. Be anymore. you. I tell yeah. my AU softball be team all the time, yeah. let's be us. Right? We're not trying to be something else. Let's be us. Let's play be to us. our identity. <laughs> you got to play to your identity. You need an Avril shirt on, right? And you need Vans. That's what you're wearing for this this game. Uh, for, I'm I'm a hundred percent taking this serious though because uh, you know I uh, you know the cardio, uh, it, it's it's Kyrie Irving. I think he needs to uh, you know learn a lesson. And I'm doing this on behalf of all the Nets fans, the Celtics fans, and the Cavalier fans out there, and those that uh, believe in uh, you know a rotating globe. Can't wait. So check uh, check me out on uh, the Gun Show. We'll be doing a lot of content for this. And uh, if there's any, I, I tweet this out. If there's any, Chad, I appreciate you uh, willing to help train me and everything. But if there's any, uh, you know, ex NBA players, maybe current NBA players, maybe former coaches, anything like that that might have some beef with Kyrie. That Let's give Brandon Ryder call. You give me, you let me know. I'm willing to put the training in. I just need all the uh, all the help I can get. Can you imagine like <laughs> Kyrie, the flat earther, like comes out and is like, you know what? I I realized today. That the earth is round <laughs> because guns beat me in hoops. Yeah. It took that to no. 100. <laughs> to he what? beat me one. It was win by two buckets, and he won 100 to 96. Oh. And now I've come around. 103, 101. Also, I'm now a Scientologist. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized that as well. It's like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All of a sudden believes in Xenu. Aaron Rodgers coming out of the hut. And yeah. saying, I'm a Jet. You know what? All of a sudden, I, I saw green hey, and I white, green. and I'm a Jet. How about that? You never know. You never know. So uh, I'm ready, though. It's going to be It's going to be a, right. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah is, is this true? You, you, you found a kiosk, a self-checkout, <laughs> that is asking for tips now. Yeah, so uh, we just— Where? <laughs> what state? No, so, uh, so it's going—so I did the story earlier today. 
on uh, on on Outkick, and there's a couple of different TikToks that are going around, but it is true. Newark Airport has one, as well as some other locations where uh, they are now asking self self checkout. By the way, so you go, you pick everything up. You're like, oh, do I want the peanut butter M and M's? Do I want the regular M and M's? Do I want the Sour Patch Kids? Or do I want the uh, the gummy bears? And you do all that. You pick it out. You go up. You do the work. You check it. You scan it. You bag it yourself, and then and then and then and then, my friends, after you swipe your card, they go, do you want? <laughs> they prompt oh, you for no. a tip, minimum 18%. This is where we're at right now. Are you kidding me? The, the, the tipping culture has gotten so out of control. It started happening during, uh, during COVID, all right, where surcharges and, and random things were just being added left and right with the promise that they would eventually go down. But my friends, if any of you have taken Ubers lately or have even dined inside for pickup, you realize that you're like, I, there's a packaging fee and they're charging you for everything. It's not going down. And the problem is, just for the absurd ridiculousness of self-checkout kiosks, the bigger issue is this is actually going to hurt. There's so much animosity. There's so much anger. There's so much like, you got to be kidding me that they're asking you to tip on everything. This is going to hurt the people that actually do deserve it in the service industry and those that might actually, you know, that live off their tips. It's like, you're telling me I have to tip on everything and I'm so angry about it in general. That's going to come back and screw the people that actually deserve it. Uh, so, what, what, we're tipping the robots now and it's not even a robot. It's a machine, fellas. What uh, are we doing here? I, I had a pickup last night, went in the store to pick up carry out for the family and i want to say it was like 43 dollars pizza for everything no it was uh tzatziki's actually oh, mediterranean cuisine nice. went a little healthier i've never went a little that. went a little hutton last night with our <laughs> man little bird seed. Um, but it was uh, everything was it was 15 percent, 20 percent, 20 25 or 25 percent. so i'm not paying over 50 dollars for it but i'm also not i'm too lazy to hit custom on the little tab exactly so i just want this i want to get this over with as quickly as possible every transaction i make now mm. I just want this to end so quickly. I do not want to sit in small talk. I just want the transaction to end that I will just blindly hit 20% <laughs> and I end up paying over $50 on a $42 or $43 carryout tab. All I did was walk in, yep. hand them my card. They flipped it around and I tipped them 20% Crazy. for the privilege of me carrying my, it out. For them out. doing That's what they it. do, though. For Can them doing you, their job of just presenting my, cons- my conspiracy theory on this, a lot of them don't say it's tip for whoever's assisting you how i have no idea when we do this where, are, money are, goes. where the money goes are we just tipping the fact that you know what i'll pay more for this food yeah you know it's, i, I so don't then know. They realize there, we, we can no, charge eight dollars more like for if that i get cash to a waiter or waitress i know there's no exactly. way in hell they're splitting that with anybody in the back they're putting that in their pocket and if they and don't they do deserve that, they idiots. did a good job you'll give them more yes exactly um, that, so i do try to tip in cash yeah. because when i do it on the card i have no idea Who's getting that? Who's not? Especially if it's you're if it's uh, if you're walking up to a counter, I don't know how they split this up. And my, uh, you mentioned Uber. Uber, <laughs> it's almost criminal what they yeah. charge some of these drivers. Um, to, you know, they're paying out of their pocket to have a, a, an airport pass now, yeah. four dollars or something per trip. Um, Uber doesn't pay for that. The driver does, and but so. Uber's still making the same amount of profit off the trip. Meanwhile, if you're picked up from the airport on Uber, the driver's paying $4 extra than what he normally would if he picked me up here at 6th and Peabody, which is, again, like I don't know where the tips go if you do it 
uh, yeah. electronically. Which, I don't trust it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that the whole lack of trust factor is where this is going to go down. Now, eventually, Chad, you're going to become frustrated like many of us are where you will have, hit that custom thing. You go to a ball game, you buy a couple beers, and there's seven bucks, eight bucks a pop. You hit 20%. You're like, oh, I could have bought two more beers after that with that when you include that. So eventually what's happening is people are hitting custom, and they're doing $1 tip. So it might be like a $35 meal, and you're just doing $1 because you're just frustrated and you're angry, and that's what's coming out. You want to talk about where the money's going. What about a self-checkout kiosk? Who knows where? <laughs> that's not even a human. And that's what's happening across. So it is a. Uh, it all it, goes yeah. to Big Pharma, one way or the other. <laughs> it's somehow we're screwed. Last night, my Mediterranean went to Big Pharma somehow. That, that tip real. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I, I want to get to your Beatles take later uh, when yeah. we have more time because we're uh, forced to break on time. Um, uh, so it, it, I need more than two minutes there. Yeah. Uh, so I apologize. Not okay. my rule. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, Paul and Ringo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, seaweed, though, is a derogatory term. Yeah, apparently the environmentalist nutjobs are uh, very upset because uh, uh, the, the word seaweed, uh, the term, uh, you know, describe all this red tide and all this stuff rushing up on shores, especially overseas in, in the UK and in, in England and whatnot. Uh, it's not being used by its scientific name and that it's offensive to seaweed and, and all this. So my, uh, my take on it is uh, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, really? This is what we're going to get upset about? I kid you not. This is a whole thing. The guy interrupts a BBC interview. is like, not to be the worst, but I am the worst. I added that part to it. Uh, saying that seaweed, you have to use the the, uh, the nomenclature from uh, from the actual, uh, from the scientific name of what oh, seaweed whatever. is. Like, yeah, it's so dumb. I want to do away with seaweed. What are we calling it? I, I, I want to do away. I want it to be extinct. Oh, I'm just saying. murk it. Yeah, I just, yeah, wanna, just murk it all. I yeah. want to extinguish it from the language and from the earth. Okay. Because uh, Virginia I just got canceled by the science community. Virginia the Beach. Ocean, oceanography community. Virginia Beach has a seaweed problem. Yeah. It is over. Uh, seaweed owns the beach. They can't get rid of it. And yeah. when seaweed hits at whatever beach you're at, it does not go away. It does yeah. not leave. Once the weed hits, it always. Unfortunately, wins. now it's time for <laughs> guns to go away, though. Yeah. Bye, guns. It's Kyrie. My, one of the Kyrie. Kyrie. I'm coming for you. Away. Coming up, Davey Hudson, we've got the weirdest we'll the news from the last 24 hours, including the submarine that got lost exploring the Titanic. That's next on Hot Mike. Hope everyone's having a great Tuesday. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick network. Hit us up on uh, YouTube in the chat, social media as well. Just search out Outkick. Chad, one of the things that I can get locked on pretty easily uh, on what I call the, the wormhole of YouTube is Titanic documentaries, exploration, uh, theories, all of it. Um, I don't Were you inspired by Leo and Kate? No, in that 1997 uh, wonderful movie, I, or was this before that? I do find it fascinating, though, James Cameron's fascination with it. So much that the detail in that movie was almost spot on. Not the storyline, but the, like the historical references of the set. Um, Chad, we've even been on the set where they filmed the, the ocean like drowning scenes and stuff. Remember this on the Fox oh, lot? Oh, that's right, yeah. In the... The big hanger, yeah, or whatever it was, yeah. Uh, so that also, like the, the search for Titanic, which has been found, but it's so difficult to find apparently, uh, just for the average person that's looking to find it based on the coordinates. I don't, I don't understand that aspect of it at all. Uh, but there is further exploration that's taking place, and Davy Hudson's going to start there with our, our weird news of the day. Let's get weird. 
Let's get weird. Weird get weird. Weird get weird. So what's what's up with the submarine that cannot be found? It's lost that, at sea currently. That is a great question, Hut. The story that is sweeping the country right now, really the uh, Western world at large. So we have a submarine that will hold a crew of five passengers, and this vessel went offline roughly 38 hours ago. And so now crews have been sent out to try to locate this vessel, which has a 96-hour window as far as oxygen available. So we have, I might have messed up the time a little bit at the beginning. I think they now have 40 hours left of oxygen. And if we do not find these people, there's a good chance they might already be dead. But uh, there's still time to hopefully find them and rescue the vessel after it went offline. And it was looking to go to the wreckage of the Titanic. There's a company called OceanGate that allows, uh, I guess, really anyone that can afford it. I, I, this costs $250,000 a person to go on this trip. And for the people that they're looking for right now, I mean, you, you have the CEO of the company of OceanGate, uh, another uh, famous explorer that's also looking with uh, his son. Hamish, someone is his, Hamish Hardish maybe is his name? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Party. I saw the names and I was like, you know what? I could take the time to learn these. But, but he's, a, he's like a world record holder uh, multi, multiple times over. I, I, again, I don't know the, the details. Of, this is, uh, it's odd because it's, it, 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 this is what I would expect whenever people are going to pay to go to space. Like they're just not, you're signing up for the idea that you may not come back. Um, and, and keep in mind, we've sent someone to the moon. We have not sent someone to the depths of the ocean, like the, the, as far down as you can go in, I, in, in the earth. That, I, that's I think that's I would mind-boggling be, to me. I think I'd be more comfortable going to space than going in a submarine. This vessel? like this. I mean, you were in an underwater coffin, and people paid 250 k yep. to go do this, and now they're likely dead. The vessel is can reach depths, according to OceanGate, of 13,123 feet. So the Titanic is... Could there be any explanation for it to be offline for 36 hours with no one knowing where you are, other than something really bad happened? They just decide to take it on to the North Pole? I mean, what, what are they doing? Well, I mean, just based off... There, there's another where, where they come up. I, I think uh, you, you can see what the vessel looks like right there. And so they have to come up after it looks a like while. A space module. Yeah. So and the fact that they haven't came up is is been concerning. I'll be honest. I don't know all the facts on this. There's still a lot more that's evolving. I do know that the Titanic is 900 miles off of the coast of or off the shores of Cape Cod. So pretty far out there. And uh, again, we're going to be approaching by this time tomorrow. They'll have only about a half day left to find them. And if not, I I, I did talk with someone who was in the navy that said finding the vessel at some point is not going to be hard it's just finding them within an amount of time of saving oh, these people which lives is like 60 hours or something right it's down to about 40 now yeah okay i love that you spoke with someone in the navy to get ready for let's get weird today i appreciate that level of diligence what do you navy. what do you have coming up uh next here uh i wanted to get your guys thoughts on we well first we went to the ocean now we're going to the skies uh there's a video that was circulating and if you look at this plane it happened to hit a bird now it did not crash 
but you can see the pilot is covered in blood. And just look how gigantic this bird is, as the pilot's sitting there. This happened down in Ecuador, and they haven't fully determined what type of bird it is, but they believe it is a Andean condor. And those birds can have a wingspan of up to 10 feet. I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often, hitting birds in flight, personally. So this is, this is Chad's nightmare fuel right here. Birds crashing through a windshield and uh, bird blood all over you. There's a great scene Chad in does uh, not like birds. Uh, Indiana Jones coming out June 30th, the new one, but Indiana Jones' Last Crusade where Sean Connery, if you remember, shoes a bunch of birds into a Nazi fighter plane and takes the plane down with the birds flying into the windshield and messing with the plane. Isn't, so, isn't that what happened? It took I, the I, take, I, I take everything that happened to Indiana Jones as complete fact, so this could definitely happen. Pre or post Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? That was pre. Indiana no, I, I know that crusade. one was. The last crusade, that was 1989. Uh, but, I hate birds also, so um, this is sort of nightmare fuel for me. Yeah, this bird's ugly as sin. Bird. It's also one less bird Chad has to worry about. So yeah, but the guy like covered in blood too, the pilot the whole time of condor blood. N not a big fan. Doesn't look like a good time. No, but, but so uh, there was like a true or false thing. One of a, a former airline pilot like went through all these theories or fears of, of uh, people who are just afraid to fly. Right, yeah. commercially, and one of them was like, if you fly on like a, if you hit like a, a, a you hit geese or something mm -hmm. like mid-flight, what would happen to the engines? And he was like, it's just totally nonsensical that anything would happen more than you would feel some turbulence. But I think the theory would be if you hit it properly, the engines would go and like you get stalled and you're you're dead. Well, like some people actually fear that every takeoff well, that they're going to hit a, a flock of birds. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that what took one of the engines down on uh, Sully's flight? You know that they made yeah, the movie with they, Tom Hanks? But the, I think the theory was like it takes down your plane and you've got multiple engines to where you can still maneuver and it would not be deadly. Oh, yeah. It's just not a complete nosedive as soon as you right. do run into them. No, I'm with yeah. you there. Uh, guys, my, my third and final story, I'm really interested to get your take on this and whether, I guess you could say this is fair or foul, uh, but apparently we have a book, that, a sports book that's doing the first. It's allowing you to gamble on the Special Olympics. Oh, no. What sports book is this? It is betonline.ag. This needs to be left alone. It's foul. This is foul. Come on. Yeah. Not good. So uh, what they said is, this this is uh it's it's the the degenerate that's going to bet on this is like at the bottom depths of a, a loser. Like I wish that person was on the submarine searching for Titanic. <laughs> I doubt that person has two hundred fifty k though. I, I pulled right. a picture. I pulled a picture of Uncle Gary from the Ringer because yeah. he was the first person I knew that tried to do this. And <laughs> what they said is. They have 12 different competitions across six Special Olympic sports. The sports include track and field, basketball, powerlifting, cycling, soccer, and swimming. And you can wager on which country will win the most combined gold medals for all of the swimming events or individual champions for the men's and women's powerlifting bench press competition. So, so they limit it to the team aspect, not or the country aspect, not the individual. Th that is my understanding at this moment. It does not seem as though they are allowing individual names. Like it's not like, oh, who do you have? Uh, it's like I've got money on Matt Fitzpatrick today, 
and I'm hoping Bryson's able to come yeah. back. It doesn't seem like you can do it on if the individual I, If level. I had the betting app that had Special Olympics on as, as a tab, I'm deleting the app. Hutton, can we shift the Bud Light boycott energy to boycotting betting on the Special Olympics? Yeah. Let's use our energy for that. Let's cancel that. I, I, it's, it's, if we're going to cancel something, cancel betting on the Special that's Olympics. That's sad, man. That's one that should go away. Yeah. Uh, what is your take on betting on the Paralympics? Also, no. I would just bet on sports where it's... Also, I'll be coming up with Let's Get Weird tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I will bring three stories tomorrow for Let's Get Weird. Uh, I'm taking weird. over. But they've allowed I, I do find this one very odd, Yeah, uh, Davey. To, to your credit, betting on the Special Olympics is just bizarre. It's definitely weird. Also, not right. Paralympics have allowed betting, though, for I think the last couple of games. I know for a fact it was there in 2020 in Tokyo. Um, and I think 2016, where was that, Rio? I was, on, was, yeah. I was on with Dan Dockich, and he said that him and his other dad buddies that coach their daughters' youth sports would bet on their games. But the bets would be more over-under on how many girls would cry in the, youth, in the youth sports games. And that he would talk to his daughter on the way to a softball or basketball game and say, I need you to cry today because <laughs> I've got over on two and a half. And his daughter would say, can I split the winnings with you? If I cry, and he said, absolutely, and she would go cry for him during the game. So that's kind of my life, too. Where, and, where and would you softball, you, there's usually two or three criers over the course of a tournament. I was going to say, where would you set the over-under at? I would say for a, for a game, for one game, the over-under is always one and a half, right? You're going to get one, no matter what. For always. both teams or just your team? Just my team. I, I, I don't know about the other teams, but I'd say just my team. It's always one and a half. Yeah, you'd be pretty safe to bet the over in most games. Now, for a tournament, it would be more like four and a half. Like there are certain girls that you coach that will start crying the moment they're out, no matter what, and it may last ten seconds, but they'll start crying when they run back to the dugout, and they're crying tears on the run because they got out or they messed up, and they just their reaction is to cry, and then they get over it pretty quickly. There are other episodes that last far longer of crying and getting mad and all of that that could go you know, into the next inning. Um, that's a separate category. But I did like Dan's idea of betting on criers in kids' sports. John Rahm is not wasting time on any what-ifs with the PGA and Live Tour, uh, with the partnership union merger, uh, whatever they want to call it. Um, because he's saying, I didn't really talk about anything like this involving uh, this union, this coming together and everyone hugging and kumbaya between PGA Tour and Liv uh, while he was out in Los Angeles this past week. I don't, this is the quote from Rom. I don't think we're going to get a lot of answers, but I'm going to at least get an idea of where the membership head is at. That's all I can say. We don't know anything. I don't know if the people in charge know much more than we do. There are so many unanswered questions that at this point I wouldn't want to waste time thinking about it because there's a lot of what-ifs and unknowns. One of the things on the what ifs is what if John Rahm would have accepted the money a couple of weeks ago, seven, eight weeks ago, to join Live Tour? There, there are theories out there that he was set to take the Live Tour offer, and that was the final straw in whatever the negotiations uh, were, wherever they took place, and however many there were of these meetings um, that Jimmy Dunn set up. That he could have been a factor in why it had to happen now as opposed to later. It, either way, there was enough pressure on PGA Tour to, to take this and then spin it as if they're taking a competitor off the, 
off the grid, which they're not. They're joining with the competitor who's going to run things once they figure out whatever they want to call it and uh, describe it in, in a way that's legal. <laughs> So just remove merger and call it whatever you want. You know, we've talked so, so that's much. That's their theory. We talk so much about the PGA's end of this and how quiet they kept everything in these discussions to merge. Live did the same. The private investment fund did the exact same because they could have easily hinted at some of the guys they were offering. Hey, uh, you might not want to be so strong in with your group right now because things could be changing very soon. You could hint at something coming down the road if you knew negotiations were taking place when you're offering some of these guys. But the big what if, you're right, Hutton, is the amount of money left on the table by John Rahm, where he'd be right in the same spot he is right now, under a PGA slash live umbrella, but he would have taken all the money. And players this year on the PGA Tour are allowed to not attend one of the designated tournaments. Uh, for instance, Travelers this week could have been on that list. Rahm's playing in it, but admitted like, hey, based on these rules, I, I probably would have skipped it. But what the Travelers tournament did which is on the East Coast going from L.A., they provided charter flights from Los Angeles to their course that will keep players playing for this extra week after the grind that was the U.S. Open. Coming up, John Barant frustrated with the NBA and with the media that's covering him. They're out to get him, and we'll find out if Chad is on board with the College World Series as it continues in Omaha. That's next. That's next.